This is the Moraine Valley Library Podcast. This is Troy. This is Tish. And we are honored to be here today with one of our faculty members, Dr. Randy Connor from Humanities. Hi, Randy. Hi. How are you? Great. Thank you for uh, coming and spending some time. Um, Randy teaches humanities, including religion, culture, all kinds of stuff, and, and um, he has a specialty that relates to our One Book, One College program, so we thought this would be a good opportunity to come in and have a short conversation, kind of a things to come that we're going to talk about in the 2015-2016 academic year. So, um, you know, maybe to get us started, Randy, could you um, just give us kind of a big picture of your research and your interests, and then we'll get into some of the details. Okay. Well, for many years, I've been interested in ancient and indigenous uh, spiritual traditions or religions, and I have focused in the last couple of decades on uh, Latino, Latina, and uh, African diaspora religions, the ones that are practiced in Brazil, Cuba, and Haiti. Uh, and that's what part of my doctoral work was about. My dissertation was actually on the survival of ancient and indigenous traditions in Europe. Uh, so this is pretty much my focus. Uh, and I look at those in terms of literature and the arts. Fantastic. So if I can do a, a snapshot summary, tell me if I screw this mm -hmm. up. So the merging mm -hmm. of existing religions, the indigenous religions. The mixing. The mixing, yep, mm -hmm. good, that's mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. With um, the, the colonial, so the European yes. kind of dominant. Primarily Catholicism, right. very seldom Protestantism, primarily okay. Catholic, yes. All right. mm -hmm. Fantastic. So could you maybe take us a step into what that means and maybe some examples? Yes. Well, uh, from about the 17th, 18th century onward in the Americas, uh, there was a mixing of Catholicism with indigenous American traditions. And then also a mixing, because of the slave trade, of African religions or traditions mm -hmm. with Catholicism. Uh, very seldom Protestantism again. So what you have is you have uh, deities that are eventually uh, transformed into saints or versions of the Virgin Mary. Mm -hmm. um, the Virgin of Guadalupe being a prime example. Right. She was once the goddess Tonantzin of the Mexica people and then transformed into the Virgin Guadalupe because people refused basically to stop revering this holy feminine being. So when you talk about this mixing um, you know, of European religions, Catholicism with the indigenous religions, that brings up the issue of colonization. The reason all of this was happening was Europeans were coming over and taking over these lands. Yes. So can you talk a little bit about how that plays into the religion as well? Yes, I would call this what's happening, what, are, what has emerged as spirituality as opposed to a religion. Okay. So, uh, and most of the Latinas and um, uh, Chicanas or Chicanos that I know who write and who think about this, who are scholars of this, talk about mestizaje, meaning hybridity, meaning mixing, as opposed to just fusing things so that uh, the elements are preserved. Um, Yes, colonialism has played a major role uh, politically in terms of this developing spirituality. Can, can I go back just because mm -hmm. I love the metaphor you used earlier when we were talking. Yes. So it's the difference between a salad 
as opposed to a blunder. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yes. That's Mm -hmm. that kind of tangible description. Okay. Good. I like. Excellent. Okay. I have um, just a couple of lines from uh, my late friend Gloria Ansaldúa's work. This is from an essay I gave at the University of Texas at Austin several years ago. Every year there is now a conference, an annual conference for her work, uh, Gloria Ansaldúa again. And this year, over 900 people attended from all over the world. Um, um, my partner and I and one of my doctoral students gave a presentation on her spirituality. But I'd like to read this. The sea cannot be fenced. El mar does not stop at borders. This continues to show the white man what she thought of his arrogance. Yemaya blew that wire fence down. Yemaya is a, uh, an African uh, diaspora goddess, and many of the Latinos and Chicanos uh, that write about these things are not only interested in uh, traditionally Mexican uh, rituals and practices and beings, but also in the West African uh, traditions, because they played a major role in the Americas. So here we have this idea of the sea not being able to fence in people, and so to speak. Uh, from that, you get the Rio Grande River and so on. And also, um, both Ana Castillo, who I believe is coming here. Um, October 8th. Great. All right, so in her book, So Far From God, she talks about a goddess of thought and the wind, a uh, southwest Pueblo goddess named Sichtinaco. Um, Gloria speaks of the Aztec or Mexica god Ehecatl. The wind, like the sea, cannot be fenced, refuses to recognize borders. And I think this comes into your question about colonialism, because more and more Latinos and Chicanos or Mexican-Americans are developing the theory that um, maps are not objective. They are weapons. They represent who won certain wars. Uh, They represent oppressors and the oppressed. And um, so they are challenging these ideas and saying, we are at least partly, if not half or more, indigenous. Mm -hmm. And we have a right to travel throughout Mm -hmm. the Americas. Mm -hmm. Of course, this comes into direct conflict with colonial ideology, which says that they don't. such a like a strong connection to our one book, obviously, which is a uh, you know um, the book Illegal by um, Jose Angel N, who's coming to campus. But in his story, it's a very personal, individual story how he came, but struggles with these borders, and, and he's he wants to go home, and he finds his he cannot, and he finds himself torn between these two worlds. And so I can see how the the spirituality, that philosophy, be a strong connection. So. I I want to bring up this book that my friend Gloria wrote. She was primarily an adult writer and a feminist writer, but she loved children's books. And in the 90s, she wrote this book, Friends from the Other Side, Amigos del Otro Lado. And it's about basically her as a young girl. Um, Her nickname is Prieta, the dark one. Uh, She has blue-eyed brothers and so on. But in any case, she meets a little boy who has crossed the river. And the uh, controlling adult figure here is a curandera, a healing woman, who ends up protecting the little boy from the border patrol. So, you know, this seems to me to also 
uh, resonate with your book that you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And we can put um, a link to these titles in the description of the, of the video okay. that we do with this. Randy, when we were talking earlier, you mentioned the um, concept biculturality, and I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about, about that as a concept and about how that connects both to our one book and to the writers you've already brought up today. Okay. Well, um, many of the writers I've talked about um, connect their biculturality, being both Hispanic and indigenous, to other kinds of what I would call bi-ness, to their bi-religiosity, both Catholic and indigenous, uh, sometimes even to bisexuality uh, or the idea of queerness, uh, being outside the dominant frame of reference. Um, there's a, a, a very important concept here of liminality also, of going betwixt and between different states. And even, I would say, there is a, there is a healing bath called Olympia. And this bath, uh, which involves... Um, uh, saging the body and uh, holy water and herbs and so on performed by a curandera as in um, Anaya's Bless Me Ultima um, takes one through the liminal state. One goes from a, a state of disharmony, dis-ease, imbalance to a state of harmony. So one experiences that liminal state while one is being limpid. Basically. And, and so, as I understand liminality, so you can correct me, out of anthropology mostly, mm -hmm. and then absorbed into other areas, mm -hmm. where you start at one point, a kind of normal whatever point, mm -hmm. you enter some kind of other state, so it could be a religious ritual, mm -hmm. it could be a uh, societal ritual, mm -hmm. coming of age ritual, then you exit into a new state yes, of being. Yes, exactly. Right? Is that correct? Exactly. So you spoke earlier about the wind and the sea not recognizing borders. Um, does the earth come into play at all? Oh yes, definitely. La tierra. Um, this spirituality is not a transcendent spirituality in the way that some are. It does not separate the body from the spirit and so on. It is an embodied earth-centered spirituality. And, um, and again, uh, many indigenous people used to go back and forth depending on the season between what we now call Mexico and the United States, either to hunt deer, to uh, gather uh, certain vegetables, and so on. And so, again, this spirituality seeks to challenge the colonial borders in that way and says that the earth is for all of us. The earth is not does not look at borders. Okay. Yeah, that's so interesting as a theme in our, our one book yes. programming. This is a, thank you for your time. This is a great way for us to kind of expand out and like thank you. broaden our understanding beyond our book and then other programming. So we look forward to you speaking in the library next year. Thank you very much. And we would encourage our listeners, especially our students, to look for your classes and also to join us in the library. Thank you. Thank you.